Welcome to the first ever Equity Matters Live. This is your host, Edis JB3, and we are celebrating one year of Equity Matters podcast today. And it is a milestone that I wasn't 100% sure that we were going to meet. And part of that was just really thinking about why I started the podcast in the first place. I think it was really reflective of where we were in the times and what was going on around us. And so I'm just really excited to be, this will be episode 39 of a pilot project that just won't seem to end. So first, just want to thank all of my Instagram followers who are joining right now. Definitely glad to have you. I'm also recording tonight's episode so that I can post it so other folks can hear. So really excited about all the things that we've accomplished and even more excited about the things that we have to come. I wanted to treat tonight's episode as a bit of reflection, but also a bit of projection. So thinking about what's forthcoming. And I've thought about it as I was outlining the episode as the good, the bad, and the ugly. And so a lot of that comes with just what is it like to be a podcaster? What is it like to be a podcaster right now? And I wanted to be able to, to unpack those things. And so I also was able to collect a few Q&A questions in advance, thanks to the folks who submitted things. If you have things that you want to submit, please uh, put them in the box. I really don't even know how to use this thing, but you know, we're going we're gonna to figure it out. And so for those who, for some reason, don't know who I am, I am Dr. James Bell III. I am a social worker by training. I am the host of the Equity Matters podcast. I am not quite the brain behind it. I would say that goes to a lot of the guests that we have on the show. I just make sure that they look good. And I am just really excited about what we're going to talk about today. So let's, let's jump it right into it. And so one of the, the major questions that I get often when I'm introducing the work or talking about the podcast as a whole is where did it come from? Why, why did you choose Equity Matters? Why this title, all of that. And so what's the origin story behind Equity Matters? I'll give it to you straight. It came up at a Cracker Barrel restaurant and I was with a frat brother who is um, the host of the Streets Are Planning podcast, that's Jermaine Ruffin. And he was pitching this idea of, you know, bro, I want to start this podcast. I want to talk about equity in a variety of spaces. He brings an urban planning background. I'm more of the social work, social justice side of things. And so when he started talking about it, I got really excited. And he said, you know, I want to put like a hip hop spin on it. Every episode will be based off of a bar or every episode will be based off of a song title. And we had the whole thing outlined. And I want to say this might have been around 2016 or so. And we let the idea go because that's what happens with a lot of great ideas. We don't bring them to fruition. We don't implement like we say we will. And it just sat on the shelf for quite some time. And then you fast forward to around 2019. And I saw that Jermaine had actually put out the streets are planning and he began to curate his own brand and he started to create his own form of storytelling. And I yearned for something similar. And then I had a podcast with my wife that was the Real Bell podcast, and it was, a, it was a great opportunity for us to talk about relationships, being Black millennials, being Black parents, and again, it was still something that, though we shared it, I didn't necessarily feel like it was mine or the fact that I could actually express my expertise or my experience or the things that I've done in a way that I thought would reach the masses that I would want. 
And so going back to the drawing board, I reached back out to Jermaine and said, hey, you know, we talked about Equity Matters podcast and you've moved on with Street Star Planning. I've got this idea in my mind. Let's see what we can do. He said, go for it. It's yours. Mold it, curate it, do your thing. And that's exactly what I did. And so about a year ago today, I released the first episode and that was a long time coming. And we talked about just what it took to get to that space, to talk about equity, to talk about difficult conversations and, and what it requires to advance equity in these spaces. Now, the part that I, I tend to highlight when people ask is why then? Why at that particular moment? And it was around the time of John Lewis's passing. It was in the height of the pandemic, which just for the record has not ended. And I took on a pandemic project and that's what the podcast started off as. And so at the end of the first week, cause I checked the metrics not too long ago, I had 14 listens to the first episode of Equity Matters podcast. And I was like, oh, is this something I wanna keep doing? Because you, you get discouraged, you start looking at numbers and you realize like that doesn't matter because the, the story supersedes the numbers. And so I needed something that for me at that time, I was entering into the, the last year of my doctoral program. I needed something more than a class. Work is work. I needed something to call my own. And then the podcast just became this project that I continued to return back to. And so the social media actually came first. I teased this notion of the Equity Matters podcast first, and then I released the snippet of Long Time Coming. And so the frustration that I was feeling around that time, not just with the racial unrest that was taking place in our country, but also with the voices that I continue to hear in various spaces. So I heard the same folks talking about equity in ways that I thought didn't really grasp the, the breadth or the, the depth of the problem. And so I wanted to create a platform where I could find emerging voices, which was really important to me. I didn't necessarily want to hear from the same people that we often hear from or the same CEOs. And just it's a very fixed mindset. And so I wanted to move beyond that. And I wanted to find a space where I could find like that up and coming professional, someone who may not have actually been, you know, indoctrinated into the work yet, but brings these innovative ideas into equity and are prepared to talk about how they're going to advance equity in their work. And so being able to put that in the space, being a relatively fresh graduate, hearing from other social work students who say, you know, I didn't get this in my graduate program. This is exactly why Equity Matters exists, because I want to make sure that conversations that people are not having are elevated. Because you go from this comfort of academia, the comfort of your field placement, and you go out into the world and you're like, whoa, this is exactly what I did not expect. And so this was a place to introduce people to these difficult conversations. I spent a lot of time in the pandemic thinking again about how to educate folks. And I put together this presentation. It was like 10 slides and it was really for family and friends because I kept hearing this notion of, you know, the coronavirus is killing more black people because we're black. And I, I just couldn't, I couldn't let that ride. Like I, I couldn't let that fly. And I've always mulled over the, the notion that, you know, race is never a risk factor, racism is a risk factor. And so what I wanted to do is put together a presentation for that 
And so that was the beginning of COVID-19 and Black Lives, which has brought me to a variety of stages across the nation, actually. So it started off as like a small thing with Michigan State, my alma mater, and then we moved over to uh, NASW. There's been a few different uh, associations where I've presented this. I've talked to churches about it and just really creating a space where we could talk about equity in a way that people don't typically get. And I think, unfortunately, COVID-19 happened to be the backdrop for that conversation. And it was just, I need to keep these conversations going. And again, Equity Matters became that platform for keeping that conversation going. And we think about kind of the, the process of how we got to where we are now. It started off the first, I think, two or three episodes, it was me, right? And I'm like, okay, this is cool, but I'm probably going to burn out. And I introduced this, this thing called Equity in Action. And Equity in Action was going to be me talking to people who are doing the work. Shout out to Shimon Cohen there. And it was like, okay, I like this. And I like it because it takes me back to some of my journalism roots where I was actually able to interview folks and I was able to pick their brain and they're able to tell their story and they can talk about their lessons learned. And I really enjoyed that. And I've actually never, I think I've only shifted back once at this point from panel interviews or from one-on-one -on -one interviews to just me talking. And so the monologues are okay. The stream of consciousness is all right. You all don't seem to mind me rambling right now, but I find it's just a better experience when you have someone across from you that you could talk to about these things. And especially when you realize you hit their, their level or their area of expertise, you've molded the questions in the right way. You, you hit this like light bulb moment where people are like, oh my God, you're asking me the question that I wish somebody else would ask me. And then they tell you the deepest, darkest parts of this is why we continue to run into the same challenges. This is why we haven't knocked down the barriers that we said we were going to. If we were just to do this, we would have different results. And I think that is why Equity Matters continues to sustain itself because we have all these different issues and conversations that come up where we need an equity lens. I think one of the first episodes where I branched out was around suicide prevention and mental health. And folks don't typically apply an equity lens to those things. So they're not digging into the disparities where they see men are typically more likely to die by suicide. And then you're not thinking about the language and why you don't say commit suicide, you, you say death by suicide. And, and all of these things matter and equity matters is just a, a platform for digesting that information. One of the things that I really enjoy that I didn't, I didn't keep up, unfortunately, was the community of practice episodes. I used to create a, a reflection guide after you listened, right? So you hear these things and you start to wonder like, okay, this was great. Now what? Well, I wanted to put together some questions, right? That people could, if you're talking to somebody, if you have a, you know, a listening session with some other folks, why don't we bounce these ideas off of each other? I think I stopped doing it after the gun violence episode, but it, it's something that I still do internally after I listen to the episode. Like, it's no different than me reading a book where I'm actually like writing in the, the spine, right? Or writing on the sides of the pages, notes to the author about why I think what they said was crap or why we need to take this and take it a little bit further. And so all of, all of that to say, Equity Matters has evolved in ways that I did not initially plan but I'm glad that we've reached the place that we have. And 
it's become its own brand. And I think that's important to mention just as a podcaster and as an individual, you know, I, I have a nine to five. Podcasting is something that I do on the side. It's something that I enjoy, but it is a lot of work. And truth be told, in the very beginning, I was posting in real time. And so anytime you would see something fly out from Equity Matters, it was literally like me designing it in Canva and then making sure that it goes out. At this point, I'm, I'm a little bit beyond that and I'm actually able to use a lot of these platforms and it just makes it so much easier to, to get the message out in a way that's strategic. Looking at those analytics, I know when to post, I know where to post. Facebook doesn't get as much love as Instagram. Twitter doesn't give as much love as Instagram, but being able to understand how and when to navigate through those spaces and those social media uh, applications, it makes a difference. When we talk about the, the good, the bad, and the ugly, social media is probably the bad. It's probably the most difficult part to, to manage, but it, it gets done. I wanna talk about, well, I, I've got another question here around how do I go about finding guests? The, the cool thing about this, I would say about 90% about of the guests that I've had, I actually know. And so one, that's just a shout out to my network and the people that I've come into relationship with and built community with. And then there's other folks who I have like this, this targeted outreach list that it's like, okay, I see what you're doing. I've heard you on a different podcast or I've seen you out in the field doing the work. And I want to make sure that your story is told. And so I, I keep a list of people that I've got the topic. I know if I want to put together a group, I'm actually trying to put together a community practice episode right now around the way that we police our young women and our, our girls. And it's just a matter of, I've got the idea, who can talk about it? I'm also trying to put together a, a, a method, if you will, for me not being a part of the conversation. Like I, I want to use Equity Matters as again, the platform, but I don't necessarily have to be a part of it. And I want to have people have dialogues and conversations that they may not want to have if I were in the room. And part of that to me is just a demonstration of, you know, how do you share your power? How do you share your privilege? I have 1,100 followers on this page. It's not a lot, but it's enough to influence others. It's enough to get people to think about the power that they have and what they can do in their spaces. And so when I think about equity matters and I think about leadership and I think about power, many cases is about stepping away from it and being able to say, this is not the space that I'm supposed to be in. I'm occupying space that someone else should be leveraging or using right now. And I'm mindful of that in, in all of my conversations. Another question that's come up is what's the story behind the t-shirts? And so there's a, there's a few things that go with that. In the beginning of Equity Matters, I told you that I was recording in real time. So you saw me in work clothes. I've moved away from that. I want to show you like who I am, right? Part of it is around my identity. It's the way that I express myself. And a lot of that comes back to t-shirts. It's, it's just something that's comfortable, it's casual, but it's also a way for me to show you the things that matter to me. I've worn, you know, hip hop shirts. You've seen Dilla shirt. You've seen my mad villain shirt because that's what I'm into. Right now I'm rocking a shirt from the homie D over at Black Spaces about doing right by the streets, which I actually just got my new shirt today. So shout out to you. Um, if you can get you a couple shirts, they tend to sell out fast. I'm mad that I missed out on the yellow one, but 
as neither here nor there. But I, I, I see all of that as just a way to one, express myself, but two, also highlight the same type of people that I would highlight on the podcast. And so I, you've seen me in a lot of trap politics. That's the homie Jordan Walker, who's also a social worker. If you haven't seen his McDonald's resume, um, McDonald's, you just need to go ahead and hire my mans because if you don't, I'm not taking my child to get any more Happy Meals, just flat out, flat. But I think of it as just a way to, to really express myself. I almost have like a t-shirt obsession at this point. There's always something coming in and out. And for some reason, Instagram just knows, match your t-shirts with your Jordans. You all who know me know that I'm a sneakerhead. So there's always something in the background or I try to leave little hints or tips. You see like, okay, there's there's more to James than just podcasts. And there's more to him than just the, the work that he does, the public health, the social work, the social justice. And that's important because I think what happens is we find ourselves put into a box because people have that certain expectation of you. <laughs> Thanks, Bees. Appreciate you, bro. And I just don't want folks to feel like there's only one dimension of them. Like you, you're going to get my whole self every time I show up here. And I think that's important because in so many other spaces, you have to dissect yourself. You're picking part, pieces apart. I don't want to do that here. This is a, a place where people can be their whole selves. <laughs> I have a question around the hardest part of being a podcaster. So I mentioned the social media and that is the blues, but we, we get through it. I think part of it that's fun in the strangest way, this might just be the academic in me, is doing the research behind the posts. So getting a better sense of who are some of the lead researchers in these spaces, because those in my mind then become future podcast uh, guests. I think part of it is also keeping things fresh. I've, if you've noticed probably this week, I finally broke the red and white. And that was really because I, I felt like the content was getting stale. And I wanted to make sure that people saw the things that were being elevated. So again, I transformed it. This is like my entrepreneur tip. If it's yours, do what you want with it. I know part of it is driven by your audience, by your market, but if it's yours, do what you want with it. And I know a lot of podcasters will say it's the editing, primarily because it takes up so much time. Editing is like the least of my worries because I'm, I'm gonna sit and just plow through it, get it done. But I'm also the type that will never listen to it again. So once we're done editing, that's the end of the story. Once we hit publish, it's going out there. It's yours. Do what you want with it. And it's really, to me, just, it's, it's a labor of love. I mean, it's something I enjoy. It's something that's brought my voice to spaces and rooms that I've never been in before. People reach out to me. I've created community. I've got, you know, group chats with other social workers and other podcasters. And we're talking about, you know, what it's like to navigate in these places. Someone asked me a long time ago, and I forgot about it, was, you know, why the colors red and white? And folks will probably think it's fraternity colors, but it's actually not. Um, small, small details here. When you see the gold, that makes a difference. So the red, white, and the gold are actually Olympic Sevens colors. And so if you're into Jordans, look them up, the Olympic Sevens. And they were one of my favorite pair in high school. And it actually just going so well together that I wanted it to become the colors for the Equity Matters brand. Wouldn't change it for anything. It's, it's kind of my jam. Little behind the scenes uh, tip there. I do want to stop, see if folks got questions in the chat. 
All right. So what do we talk about when we think about the future of equity matters? And there's a few things that come to mind initially. The first is the Social Justice Academy, right? This is another pet project. And it goes back to this notion of there were things that I didn't get in grad school, things that I didn't get in undergrad, where I wanted to have difficult conversations or I needed to understand topics that once I got into the workforce were so relevant. And I didn't want to hide behind another platform. Like I, I wanted it to be mine. I wanted it to be out front with it. And I want to have the topics that I felt I couldn't have in other places. And so the first one is in September of this month. And that is around power and positionality. When you talk about privilege, when you talk about how do I show up in these spaces and how do I avoid just taking up space and actually doing something. Um, I think I might even hit on allyship in there, which is typically a topic that I refrain from, from digging into, but there's, there's a lot to be said around where do I sit in these spaces? Am I taking up too much space or am I actually adding to the space because there is a difference? And so the Social Justice Academy is just a platform where I wanted to be able to share my own lessons and be able to share that with other folks. I know I have a one around white supremacy culture, which I mean, being black, being a state government, there's a lot to unpack there. And people don't prepare you for these things. They don't prepare you for, this is the way that we've always done things, therefore we will not change them. You leave grad school thinking like, oh, I can change anything. I can take on every system there is. But you, they don't prepare you for the fact that people are stuck in their ways, they're stuck in their whiteness, they're stuck in their patriarchy. Like all those things go hand in hand. And so being able to talk about what that looks like, how to navigate those ways, how to, how to tell upfront that you've entered into some type of toxic organization, like all of those things matter to me. Therefore, I wanna prepare my other folks of color. I wanna make sure white people know this too. Like if you're doing it wrong, you need to know it and, and you need to be called out on it and we need to change it. The last one I wanna do is around this notion of beyond bias. And this goes back to my experience probably over the last year or so. Everybody wants to talk about implicit bias. Oh my God, implicit bias is the reason for all the bad things that happen in the world. False bias is a cop-out. Implicit bias is a cop-out. Implicit bias does not mean that you're immune to doing something. Implicit bias is really to me just an excuse for, oh, I didn't mean to do that. It was my implicit bias. Sorry, folks, that's not gonna work. Implicit bias to me is really rooted in white supremacy, but it's also rooted in oppressive practice. So being able to unpack that and then building out a, a curriculum around how do I identify oppressive practices? How do I identify oppressive policies? And what do I do now that I know this? And that's, that's always the gap for me. That might be why I went the doctor of social work route as opposed to the PhD route. I wanted to talk about practice. I mean, I'm on my Allen Iverson right now, but I really wanted to talk about beyond the theory because we can study theory all day and people feel comfortable with it. And that to me is the same as implicit bias. And even the research tells you implicit bias in itself is somewhat uh, vague, if you will. And measuring it is somewhat vague. Measuring change in implicit bias, somewhat vague. And the research and the evidence tells us these implicit bias trainings that everybody's signing up for doesn't necessarily translate into change behavior. 
It doesn't translate into change policy. And so as we're preparing to ramp up for everybody wants to do implicit bias trainings because they're required in the state of Michigan, um, I think it's important that we understand that there's more to bias than just this, this opinion. It's also, it's rooted in your behaviors, it's rooted in the way that you were brought up, it's, it's rooted in all those things. And so Social Justice Academy, my goal after this first one, we'll see, is to have three modules in the fall, we'll see. What else is coming for Equity Matters? I feel like this feels like one of those uh, Marvel Cinematic Universe uh, announcements, which low-key is kind of hype, but I want to, I want to go into Patreon. And part of that is one, I've seen other folks do it. And two, I need a, another platform for myself. So I've turned Equity Matters into the panel. I've turned it into like inviting experts, but I want to use Patreon as a platform for exclusive episodes for me. And I want to talk about equity for sure, but I'm, I'm labeling this as like the Equity Matters experience. And part of that is I want to talk about my own experiences and the ways that I've had to navigate things and the ways that I've fallen short because I'm not going to sit up here and act like everything that I've done has been correct or has been right. There's been things that I wish I would have taken a different approach. There's been times where I wish I would have been more domineering. I wish I would have been more um, assertive. And I want people to know like the whole story. And so I want to talk about equity naturally, but I also want to talk about entrepreneurship. Over the past year, I had to turn equity matters into something that could receive income so that I guess I'm a part of LLC Twitter. I don't really hype up that, but being able to talk about the ins and out of having your own business, of being able to attract clients, the ability to attract dollars, because what I, I describe running away from in nonprofit spaces has actually become my breadwinner as my own LLC. And so business development was something that I was extremely intimidated by. I didn't want to actually go out and hunt for my own food. I didn't want to have to write grants every damn day. And I left that space. But now having my own LLC, business development is like key. And I can write a proposal in a heartbeat. Part of it is because I just have the materials already written up. But I also have the ability to pull together the resources to, to make it happen. And so I want to use the Equity Mags experience as a place to, to bridge that equity and entrepreneurship conversation. I've got a few episodes already written out in my head. I need to write them down before I lose them because I would be sick if that were to happen. And I just I just got too many ideas and, and life is too short for us to just sit on all those. So we're, we're going to make sure that the equity, equity Matters experience happens ideally sometime in 2022. The last thing that I want to, to talk about before we prepare to wrap up is another training of sorts. And I want to start a Thinkific for Equity Matters. And for those who are not familiar with Thinkific, you actually go on there, you create your own courses, they're self-paced and people can take them. One of the biggest gaps that I have, even in the professional space is people don't have the right language or don't know how to use the language correctly. I mean, I've seen it in race versus ethnicity conversations. I've seen it in understanding the difference between a disparity and inequity. 
all of these things show up and I want to be able to put together something to, to help folks out with that. And so Thinkific is something that I'm thinking probably later next year, but I want to put together self-paced courses where people can start to really understand what are some of the things that we're talking about on the podcast or some of the things that I'm talking about on the Patreon in a way that they can take on their own. Because I realize there's moments where I jump from maybe the 101s of equity, but then go up to like the 401s. And, and, and that's not necessarily fair, but people need to catch up. And I think the, pay, the Thinkific is a way to do that. I've also found myself invited into some other spaces over the past year. And there's things that I wanna just kind of shout out as we prepare for, for what's next. I talked to my wife about it already. So hopefully, you know, I, I just thought she was on here that we bring back our podcast because again, I think it's important that people hear that story and what that means for us, especially as we take on new endeavors in our lives. I've been pulled into this work called Make the World Spin with uh, two of my frat brothers, um, Jermaine Ruffin, who's the host of The Streets Are Planning, as I mentioned earlier, and also Ashton Henderson, who is the director of DEI at the Detroit Pistons. Shout out to Kay Cunningham. I think I heard that he was buffed up and he had a bust down. So he is officially um, indoctrinated into Detroit culture. But Make the World Spin is an initiative to get community-based organizations to start telling their own stories. So storytelling through podcasting, part of that is what you heard on the last episode around a story to tell, but how do you actually elicit story? And, and what exactly is story? And so we've actually had an opportunity to host an event earlier this year, and we will have an in-person one sometime in August. I think we're working with the East Warren Development Corporation right in the city. Um, there's a few other groups who wanna tack into that. And we're actually thinking about expanding it over to universities, right? We've heard from so many folks, especially college age um, individuals who are like, I got something that I wanna share but I don't know how to do it. And so the Make the World Spin initiative is really about amplifying those voices and also giving folks the tools to make these things happen because podcasting is, is it can be expensive and getting the resources, having access to those things, all of, all of that matters. And right now I'm recording through Zoom. So I got a monthly subscription to Zoom. Folks don't even know that you can record through Zoom, but being able to share some of those, those tips of the trade and being able to attract people to listen to your things, understanding analytics, like all, all of that matters. And that segues nicely into another initiative, um, myself and two other black podcasters, also black social workers, uh, Christopher hip hop social worker, Scott, in addition to Gary Trey Taylor, the host of uh, Everybody Relax. He is, we're putting together in the super early stages because Chris decided to have a child on us. So we had to slow things down, but it's cool, it's cool. Um, we are putting together more of a podcasting one-on-one. And we realize as, as Chris and Trey have done private practice and other endeavors, that there's a way to transfer those skills that you've adopted and adapted and being able to use podcasting again as a platform for, for doing that. And so I'm really excited for those things that are forthcoming. I just got tapped to participate on a panel around um, mental health and well-being excited to see what that comes into. I just I just want folks to know, you know, podcasting is definitely one dimension of who I am. There's other things that, that we do. This is also my shameless plug for the Social Justice Academy 
please sign up for our listserv. The link is in the bio. I'll be sending something out probably within the next week or so before the announcement that where registration is live, just to let folks know like, hey, it's coming, it's coming. When it comes, it's gonna come fast. So make sure that you're uh, ready to receive that. I think without stalling any further, I think I want to go ahead and wrap up. I appreciate y'all for hopping on the pod because this is episode 39 of the Equity Matters podcast. It is our anniversary. And just appreciate you all for rocking with us. It's been one year. It's been a hell of a year. I'm excited for all the different things that we got in the fire coming forth. And you all just take care of yourselves. I'm going to check one more time to see if there's any questions in there. No. All right, y'all. Y'all take it easy. And of course, we'll talk soon. Equity Matters.